Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. This is episode 169. So this week we have a really fun episode. I say that every friggin' week, but this week I'm actually being serious. (laughs) Uh, This week we have Lucy Badawi, who is going to be talking about how to craft a killer brand voice for your e-commerce business. And before I tell you a little bit about what we talk about, um, I just have to say she is the real deal. She came in and did... Um, audits for my e-commerce society membership ladies. And she went through every person on that call, went through their website, picked apart copywriting that they could improve. And it was like lightning round hot seats that she did for a bunch of people in the group. And I was pretty blown away. Everybody was blown away after. And I still like still to this day, this was last year at some point, I get so much good feedback from her session. So she is the real freaking deal, my friends. And if you are looking at just improving your own copywriting and your brand voice for your business, this is an episode that you will freaking love. So your brand voice is super crucial for growing your e-commerce business. It helps not only differentiate yourself from competitors, it helps to build customer trust, loyalty, and basically get your business more sales. You have to show your personality. So we're going to talk about that in this episode today. Um, Lucy is the founder of My Right Hand Woman and is a personality-driven copywriter. And she basically helps female entrepreneurs and product brands through zesty brand tones and clear messaging and helping them create copy that turns casual scrollers into raving fans. So this is an episode you will not want to miss. Grab the coffee. In fact, I think today, grab the espresso. I think we got to have some espresso today. All right, my friends, let's dive into this amazing episode. Well, hello, Lucy. I am so excited to have you on the podcast and so good to see you again. You too. I'm so glad to be here. Yay. So before we dive into your ridiculous zone of geniusness, tell everyone um, a little bit about you and just introduce yourself. Awesome. Yeah. So I am Lucy. I'm a copywriter and I run the company My Right Hand Woman. I specialize in working with women-owned businesses, both product-based and service-based, and helping them stand out online with copy that really leaves a mark because my big thing is I want people to scale rapidly. And copy is one of the easiest ways to do it because it's your salesperson who's working for you 24 hours a day. Love that. And tell everyone, so I know that you were recently in, you were one of our guest ex, you were our first guest expert in our e-commerce, in my e-commerce society membership. And like I was telling you before we started recording, you definitely made like a huge impression on everyone in the group. And I was just like, holy shit, you did 
I want to was it 14 or 17 copy roasts for people's websites in like 45 minutes or something. It was <laughs> wild. She like it was like, OK, the next person's turn and they would pop their website on the screen and she'd be like, OK, cool. And like would go through their homepage in like three seconds and give so much insane value. I was like blown away. And it definitely it definitely takes a lot to like wildly impress the crap out of me. But I was just like, oh, my God, Lucy is a fucking genius. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with everyone. Thank you. No, I love doing those roasts. Yeah, I think like one of the best parts about being a copywriter is just being able to like lay eyes on someone's site for literally 90 seconds and be like, oh, here's a problem. You know, it's just like seeing those holes because sometimes it's like we're staring at writing for like two hours and we're like, it's not hitting, but I don't know why. Yes, I yeah, I I have a hard time with that, too. So it's it's definitely not easy to like have great copy on a website. And like, I think copywriters like I was in a mastermind program when we had access to a copywriter. And I was always like, you don't even understand the power that a copywriter can help transform your whole stuff like you you and other copywriters like you have this gift with words and you take words and jumble them around and you're just like oh my god that sounds so much better it's like it's wild and I never like and I don't mean this in a rude way I never I never had used a copywriter before so I think I'd never had an experience so so I never saw the transformation but like after uh, the mastermind I was in, I was like, oh, my God, copywriters are like you need them. They they transform your stuff, you know, into converting messaging that will get people to buy. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people often think like I need a coach and like coaches are great and mentorship is so important. But a copywriter can help you if you're having communication issues and you're like, no matter how good of a performance I give on the sales call or no matter how amazing my product is, I can't seem to get people to add it to cart. And those are all symptom- symptoms of communication issues. Yeah. And I know Lucy was on the podcast, I I want to say like maybe a year and a half ago. And I think we talked about product descriptions. So I'm happy to have you back on. And this time we're talking about your brand voice and all the fun things about that. So I'm excited yeah. about that because I feel like I have been um, recently being like, oh, I feel like not so much voice, but sort of like I need to, I'm going through a bit of a rebrand with my own business, new colors, new everything. And like, really moving forward with like a personality driven brand and brand voice. And so I've really just been thinking lately about how I kind of come across in my emails and on my website and like all the stuff I put out on social media. So I think this is really good timing just because I've been thinking about this for my own business. But I know a lot of brands maybe don't quite understand like what a brand voice is, what the importance of it is. So maybe just like talk about before we dive into some specifics, like what is a brand voice and why should people care? You know, and maybe some any examples you can share. I think that would be good. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head. I think brand voice isn't really talked about all that much. But what I always say is, I'm sure you know that logos and color palettes and fonts are important. And that is your visual brand. So the brand voice is your verbal brand. So it's what's going along with those visual elements of your brand. So when you create your brand strategy, a lot of people think brand strategy is the visual brand because that's the part we see that part's a little easier. But there's also this communication element of your verbal brand of how you're communicating to people and how you're doing that in an on-brand way. So that's where the brand voice is. So if we think of it like two Venn diagrams, 
diagram, circles, brand strategies in the middle. That's the most important part. It sets the tone for everything else. And then you have on one side, your visual brand, on the other side, your verbal brand. And I guess it's not truly a Venn diagram because you want these two to be aligned. But if it, if it, that visual kind of gives you some help to see that it's the other side of the coin to your visual brand. Okay. And then tell, like, give us an example. Cause I feel like I know what I'm just, and when I'm like thinking, I'm just thinking of like people that I've worked with. Or... Yeah, I definitely gave the macro like academic example. So I can like kind of bring it down to a little more like brand voice in the wild. Yeah, so, yeah that'd be example, great. If you went to like, I don't know who's into luxury fashion here, but like, let's talk about like Prada or Gucci or one of those like high fashion houses. Mm -hmm. If you went on their website and they were all of a sudden like yelling at you with like all caps being like big summer blowout, like you'd be like, this is gross. Like what is happening? Because it would completely go against the air of luxury that they have in all of their language. Another example that someone who really knows their brand voice is Apple. And I'll often use Apple as an example because you go on there and there's like three words of copy. They do like hyper conciseness. So if you went on their site and they were out there like trying to like pull at your emotions with long-winded stories, you'd be like, Apple, what's, what's going on? Like I just came for my iPhone. You know, it would be a disconnect. So even if the visual brand is the same, but you're not speaking to people in the way that matches that visual brand, you're going to notice that sales are really hard because yes, we see visuals first, but words are what we connect with. Okay. I love that. And I've never noticed that about Apple. Now I'm definitely <laughs> going to notice. And when you were talking about like the um, like big blowout sale, do you want to know who what flashed into my head is like Old Navy? <laughs> <laughs> do you know oh what I'm gosh, talking yeah. about? They have totally. like the worst emails and they're just like huge font and it's like 20% off everything forever. Like, I don't know. That's not true. But like they're just always like in your face sales. Everything's a blowout. Like that's that is freaking Old Navy. Although their emails are really good. But I had to unsubscribe because I was like, OK, Old Navy, like I'm a firm believer in email marketing, but I feel like you're like taking it a little far. They email you like every single day. Yeah. And that's like totally a positioning <sighs> thing. And it probably works for them because they're positioned as cheap clothing. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why people go there. You need a sundress and you want it for under $15. Yep. Um, so that's really what it comes down to. And I think in the conversation about brand voice, we're not going to shame any one voice. We're not going to shame like any types of adjectives or the way you're communicating, but we need to make sure that it's consistent with the brand you want to be. Okay. I love that. I want to talk about like other examples that people might know so they can like put the two and two together of like brand voice because I think for some people might just not quite like I don't know. So when it comes to like your brand voice, I think I went through your quiz that you have to you have a brand voice um, temp template, not template brand. Like what's your brand voice? I remember after our yeah. session, I took yours and I was like, oh, this is so good. I think I got something like bold and sassy or like. I don't know, something. Um, but like what kind of adjectives when someone's trying to think of their brand voice, like say, so earlier I was saying like, you know, I'm thinking of people that either I've worked with before or people that have come through my programs. And oftentimes when I go through someone's website and their products and their descriptions, it's like super vanilla, like no personality. It's like like monotone the way that I'm talking right now. It's like monotone, no personality no secret sauce, nothing. And I'm always like, okay, we need to like infuse some stuff in here. Like this is boring. You know, no one's going to buy a product that where there's no description and you're only talking about like features. So how do you 
like how do you help get someone started with like how do I craft my brand voice? Like what's that process like or what kind of adjectives do you work with or something? Yeah, so I think exactly what you were saying. I think the biggest thing when it comes to brand voice is first like knowing how to recognize a brand voice. So like if you were to give me like any e-commerce company, like let's do one that, you know, people know like Patagonia. I think, you know, we would all like say their brand voice is pretty down to earth. Um, you know, they're not very like frou-frou up in the air. It's very like, you know, send your stuff and we'll fix it. Like, let's all save the planet together, you know? So that's a really good exercise to do before you even start looking at your own business, because your business is going to be exponentially harder, not meaning to scare anyone, is look at other brands and see, can you create, can you put adjectives on their brands and their brand voices? Or is that really hard for you? That's like homework step one. And if you're able to like go to Drunk Elephant and go to Petco and go oh, to all God. these like different brands, Drunk Elephant, pick their, so good. It's so good. Like, they're, <laughs> Their coffee is just on point. They're exactly my um, example for bold a lot of the time. Um, And so if you're able to go there and recognize when brands are being luxurious, when they're being bold, when they're being casual, when they're being intimidating, then you can start to build your bank and your vocabulary. Um, And then when it comes to your brand, you know, it really, I always start with my clients by kind of asking them like, where do you want to be positioned in the space? And they'll usually say something like, oh, I want to be a luxury X product, you know, a luxury razor. Let's just like go with that for this example. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, awesome. So luxury is like different these days. Like luxury is not all like up in the air and formal and like up there, mm-hmm. but you have to be mindful because if you're going to be luxurious, then you need some form of air of exclusivity. So the the reason I bring this up is because a lot of brand voice words kind of like feed into other brand voice words. So if you know you want to be luxurious, you know you need some element of exclusivity, you could kind of go the formal route or you could be like, no, our exclusivity is going to be cool. It's going to be the in-group. It's going to be like high school or our luxury is going to be already with our price point. So then we have the flexibility because we're already conveying luxury with the price point. We can make it that we're talking to a friend. So as you can see, there's like kind of a concoction process, but you need to make sure if you want an adjective, you're not just thinking about that adjective. You're thinking, how am I going to convey that adjective? Oh, that's so good. Okay. I feel like there's a lot that I need to break this down because that was so good. And yes, Drunk Elephant is freaking amazing. I just, and when you said that, I was like, I had to speak out because I had just used them two days ago um, as I'm building out my new program that we I have telling you about the Cultish product. I'm building out a couple things and I was using them as an example for something and it's for their email marketing. And I was like, and I basically did a video where I was like, okay, look, I'm going to go to Drunk Elephant. I'm going to go to their shopping cart. I'm going to add something in. I'm going to leave their shopping cart because I know they're going to send me their cart abandonment emails because this is a freaking on-point brand. And <laughs> 10 minutes later, got my first cart abandonment email. And I was like, oh, they're so good. But their pop-up is good. Their colors. Anyway, I had to just pipe in because I'm obsessed with them. Can we go through like – and I want to sort of do something fun with you as you're talking about the different adjectives. I was like, okay, I feel like I want to ask you like – a bunch of different random brands and you tell me like what their brand 
<laughs> oh, let's do it. Yeah. I hope I know the brands. I like don't shop enough online. I mean, that's like not a bad thing, but yeah, let's do it. Okay. I want to like, I'm going to, I hope I can think of some quickly because only two. So, okay. So I want to start with coffee. So I have this whole thing with Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts. And I want to do a podcast episode about this. I have been talking about this for a long time. So let's 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 do like fast food brands because I feel like people know those. So let's how would you describe Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts? Like what would their brand voice or adjectives be? I'm so excited. Yeah. So for Starbucks, and these are like not the official, like if you go look up Starbucks brand guide, I don't even know if it's published, but it's probably not going to be what I'm saying because I'm just saying this off of my perception, not like the agreed upon perception. Yeah. Um, But Starbucks definitely positions themselves as like community oriented, um, definitely a high positioning of a little bit of luxe, but not not too high up. Um, And then cozy. There's a lot of like coziness, a lot of sensory words and a lot of experiential language in everything that they do. You know, they're like snuggle up with a caramel macchiato. Like, could you imagine if Duncan said that? We'd be like, Duncan, you've lost it. Um, (laughs) And then Duncan is definitely like utilitarian. Like even when you walk into their space, their menu is very to the point. It's concise. um, And they in terms of their brand, they they have a little bit of boldness, a lot of boldness in their language, but they're focused a lot more on like the practical, concise, a little bit more towards like the Apple without the luxury lean. Mm, interesting. I like that. Okay. Let's do skincare. This is not fast food, but I don't know. This is how I this is how I roll in the podcast. We talk about something and then I'm like, wait, let's talk about this different thing. Okay. Um, Kylie, I don't know if you know Kylie Cosmetics and Haley Bieber's brand Road. I don't know if you know that brand, the skincare oh, I, brand. I know Kylie, like the lip kits, but I don't know Haley Bieber. Okay, what other like celebrity ish influencery? Do you know any of their brand? Oh wait, what about Rihanna's brand? What's it called? <laughs> I forget. Is it Fenty, Fenty Cosmetics? Yeah, Fen- yeah. Fenty Beauty versus like Kylie Cosmetics. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is a really interesting example because now now we're getting into like a personal brand combined with a product-based business. So we have this, as if this podcast episode wasn't complicated enough. Now we have like this fun part where it's like, the personal brand of the person really bleeds into the product. So you have Rihanna, she's like, definitely like a little bit more of like, willing to be herself, like very authentic, totally like has this cult like following with her fans. She also has her music, which always like, kind of peels into how people perceive her brand, because a lot of people who buy her stuff have listened to her music. So that's why this brand voice is going to be combined with who Rihanna is, but also the cosmetics. She's trying to create an air of inclusivity. Like everyone is welcome. I want like really high quality products for like all skin tones, all everything. So that's going to be that brand tone. And it's also mixed with her element of like being so cool in music. So it has like that cool girl element too. Hmm. So then you have Kylie where, you know, everyone kind of knows she's like very Instagram famous. And then everyone wants to be Kylie. Everyone wants her lips. Like by that point, like by that point of view, obviously there's a little bit of intimidating in terms of aspirational, you know, everyone wants to look like her. And I'm obviously simplifying things. I'm sure some people buy her cosmetics because they're like, I just like that color of lipstick. But it's this idea of there's an aspirational element. She ta- She's probably slightly casual conversational in her copy, but I would assume it's a 
a little bit more of like a, you want to be in my space, in my group, because I'm famous, I'm awesome. And then that's combined with her personal brand of being like one of the most in-demand influencers. So I know we went way off script with just brand voice, but that's something to keep in mind. If you are the face of your product-based company, Mm -hmm. who you are as a person is really going to bleed into your brand voice. So interesting. Okay, let's do one more. I love this so much. Um, I feel like since you talked about Drunk Elephant, what's like another, maybe just, choose, do you know like a lot of skincare brands that people might know of? Do you know Prime Really Pure? I don't Pure? know Prime Really Pure. I know <sighs> Super Goof. Yeah, do that. Super Goof. Okay. I have I have Super Goof. I have Super Goof's um, um, Sunblock. So I know them too. Yeah. But Drunk Elephant, and if you guys don't know who Drunk Elephant is, please on God, go and Google them. They have the most incredible branding, like visual branding, colorful, create their website is crazy, by the way, maybe slightly overwhelming, but their branding is freaking incredible and you need to check it out. Okay. So good. Drunk Elephant is so good. So I think when it comes to these two brands, this is a much easier example to grasp because we're no longer in that personal brand space. So Super Goop immediately, I would think like minimal, playful, um, there's a little bit of practical elements, especially because they really focus on sun care. So they're like, you know, protect your skin. Um, and that's kind of where I would put them. Whereas for Drunk Elephant, definitely like bold um, is a word I keep coming back to. They have an element of playfulness with all their puns and their wit, but they also have like an element of like controversy in certain places where they're like willing to go there. Just the fact that they're called Drunk Elephant. Um, you know, if you want to be a little bit like of an edgy brand, yeah. um, definitely like have fun with some of those words. I like to call them like sexual words. You don't have to use them in a sexual way, but like using words like seduce or drunk or, you know, just like all of those words that aren't like taboo, but they're definitely going to conjure up images that put you on the edge and make you like that cooler brand. So have fun, play with the euphemisms. I think it's like a really great way to draw attention to your brand. I love that so much. And I, I you know, I always thought like I, that name is very interesting, Drunk Elephant. I'm curious. I, I haven't read much about like the founder, but I'm curious like what that name is stemmed from, but I, I, I love it. Okay. Can we do one more? Yeah. Okay, let's do <laughs> So this is another podcast episode that I'm dying to do and I keep talking about it and I keep not doing it. So I want to talk about Burger King. Ver- I've done some TikToks about this. Burger King versus McDonald's. Let's oh, go. This is This is an interesting one because I have not eaten at those since like 5 to 10 years ago, so I feel like I'm going to be out of date a little bit, but it's okay. So if you're listening to this episode, think about McDonald's and Burger King 10 years ago. Um, so and Burger King hasn't changed, by the way. Okay, that's good to know. So McDonald's is like interesting, because I think they really play a lot with like mysterious as their brand tone. So obviously, I think we can all agree that they're like affordable, they're quick, they conjure up images of like, you know, family fun, friendly, like go get good food. But they also like do something really interesting with like, the mech rib, like they have like an element of like elusive where they have these menu items. They encourage people to like check out McDonald's in different countries. They're like, oh, it's going to be different. And they do a really good job of like this jack in the box, like interest. Like you never know what it's going to be. You never know what's going to pop out. And I think that's really key to their brand voice is like the X food item is back, like just like really clear, really concise, but also a little bit mysterious. Whereas 
I feel like Burger King actually leans into that like consistency, traditional tone, you know, the Whopper that, yeah, the Whopper, the Whopper has been like around forever. They, they want people to feel like in, in like a cheesy way, but I think they know this, like that they're a king when they eat Burger King food with their mascot and their logo, like kind of putting the customer on a pedestal. And it works for them because these are easy things for us to associate with. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I and like when you were talking about Burger King, the word I was thinking in my head was like, um, uh, what? Oh, fuck. Now I forgot the word. It's like when you ex- dependable. Yeah. Like you said, like they have the Whopper, they have their standard like fixed uh, items and like they're like you can kind of depend on it. I don't know if that's the right word, but where McDonald's, I feel like and I've thought about this a lot because I've my I take my son sometimes for kids meals (laughs) and I'm always like, oh, my God, McDonald's is like the king. McDonald's is the king of uh, marketing. Like they have really, they tried to cater to like a younger audience. They're always changing their menu items. Mm -hmm. They're adding in like, oh, avocado things. And I feel like they do things to be like a bit more trendy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I feel like Burger King hasn't changed much, but I will say because I did some research before this TikTok video that I made last year, they have, I think, updated their branding a little bit to be like, I feel like a bit more playful, but but I think you're right. Like, I feel like they really haven't changed much in a long time. And I think when you look at them versus McDonald's, like, I feel like McDonald's is way more trendy. And this is so, so strange comparing these two, like, yuck um, fast food brands. But I feel like – but everyone knows these two brands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like they were, like, easy targets to bring up besides um, Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. But – yeah, that was so fun. I love this. I feel like I wish I could think of more brands because I think um, – and w- another brand that was coming to mind was like Red Bull. I feel like Red Bull has um, like a very strong person, like brand voice, like oh, the yeah. personality. Drinks like- in general, I feel like really go for it. Like this whole idea of like it's not a can, it's a way of life. Like not just with Red Bull but with like Coke does this really well too you know, Red Bull has all these like skiers and extreme sport people like, you know, Red Bull, you know, gives you that energy to go like live this massive life. I mean, that in itself is like aspirational. It's adventurous. It's spontaneous. Like those are all brand voice names that come to mind. Whereas like for Coca-Cola, I think like it's more like happy. It's more like life's best moments, like savoring. So as you can see, like brand voice words don't have to be the the like inspiring, casual, conversational, like, of course you can use those, but like go outside the lines and like really think like all of the niche adjectives that you also want to portray. I love that. And like when you're working with people in your, I know that you have your VIP day and you have your membership, which is coming out soon, um, which we'll definitely talk about at the end. How, like when people come to you, so I know you work with a lot of um, e-commerce brands and then like Mm -hmm. coaches and things like that. But when people come to you, where are they what problems do you mostly see with people do you feel like people are lacking that like personality packed copy or is it just like in general they're lacking like the brand voice the copywriting that kind of matches the voice or just yeah like maybe talk through where do you think most people um, get stuck with this kind of stuff yeah. So the two biggest problems I see, the first one is I've never seen a brand go too far. I've seen a, a couple coaching brands go like into places where I'm like, oh, wow, they really went there. But when it comes to e-commerce companies, it's 
it's really rare that an e-commerce company goes too far. The issues usually are you're you're kind of like stuck in the bland zone and you're like, how do I get out of this? My product description sound like everyone else's. Yes. And then the second problem I see is inconsistency. So maybe your emails are like fun and casual and you enjoy writing those, but then you get to your web copy, you do your product descriptions and you just like freeze up. And then you lose this like casualness that you've built with your email list because you're trying to like have this perfect copy on your website. So that's where the brand voice really comes in because it's almost like a framework of how you're going to write every single time you write for your brand. Okay. That makes sense too. And I love, I just made a note of like, um, I sometimes when people are talking, I make a little note because I want like that to pull a video clip, but you use the word, um, something about like bland, like my, the product description is bland or like you can't get out of bland land or I don't know. You said something that was really good. <laughs> bland um, zone. Yes. Bland zone. That's it. Um, yes. That is like, yes. So I go through a lot of my students' websites and things like that. And that's like one of the biggest things I see is like between the product photos, their images on the website, the copywriting, the descriptions, they're so vanilla. Like I'll use the word vanilla because I think that's just how I always think. It's like super mm-hmm. boring and vanilla. Um, how do you like how do you help people fix that? So when you work with someone, like what kind of steps do you go through to kind of take boring copywriting or boring, like maybe brand voice and like, let's, let's level up here. You know, what do you, how do you help people? Yeah. So there is a reason why I don't do a lot of copy editing. I'm a big like from scratch girl, because I think if you are truly in that vanilla zone stuck, it's it's going to need a revamp. And I know that's like scary, especially if you have like 30 products, but you're going to have to like really just go back to the basics, go back to the foundation. And when I work with a client, I always start at the foundational level. Like we can't really start talking about your brand voice until we know your ideal client. We know how you drive value. We know your differentiators, like all those boring business school words are so important because your brand voice is a direct reflection of all of those other foundational factors. So I always start at the basics. So if you're really struggling with your brand voice, um, that's why I have a brand voice template along with the quiz, because that will also take you through the basics and like the full process to creating a brand voice. And then after that's done, then we'll start moving into adjectives, but more importantly than adjectives, how to convey those adjectives. So for example, it's like all fine and dandy to be like, we want to be a brand that's funny, but okay, are you writing in a way that's funny? Are people actually laughing? So I know it sounds so foundational, but those are things to always keep in mind. It's not just an adjective that you pull out of the air and start saying, this is our brand voice. It's an adjective that you consciously use every time you write. And do you have any examples of brands just in general that like, I know we just talked about a couple of brands where you were giving some feedback on like their um, personality and all that. But are there any brands that you see like product based business e-commerce that do a really good job of like the conveying brand voice, having great copywriting, um, anyone that you people might know or like that they can just Google, of course, but ones that are like doing a good job just for um, I always love to share examples for people. Yeah. So um, sticking to our food theme today, um, there's Goodles or Goodles. I'm not saying that well. Um, but it's like um, macaroni and cheese. That's like good for you. Oh, I have to look it up really. Quick. And they're fun. They they also have like a killer web developer. Um, and they're one that I think is doing it quite well. I think um, 
if anyone enjoys travel, like Away and Monos do like a good job of like capturing the luxury suitcase market with their language. Like they're like titanium bolts, grade three. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I feel like I need to roll that through the airport. Um, so kind of like that's another fun one to check out. Um, those would be probably my two like big ones. Away suitcase. I totally agree with you in a way. And I've never heard of Goodles before, but like, oh my God, I love their website. It's so good. Is Are these like, you know, sold at like, um, like a Whole Foods type thing? Oh, I'm sure at this point. Yeah, they've been around enough that they're wholesaling. Oh my God. This is, I've never heard of them and I'm like obsessed. Such good colors and how like just, okay, since we're talking here and everyone has to whip out their phone and look up. G-O-O-D-L-E-S dot com, which is what I'm doing right now. Like, how would you describe their, how would you describe their brand? I'll just give you one more oh, little super roast. playful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the number one word that would come up when I see their brand is like, playful, funny, witty, like they don't take themselves too seriously. Casual obviously comes out of that too. Um, and then they just have a really great copywriter, like all of the you know, foundations of copywriting, like be concise, be clear, be interesting, like that is just all present. So that really goes with their brand voice of yes, they have a great brand and a great brand voice, but they also just have a great writer. So I think that's something to also keep in mind is like, yes, brand voice is important. But you know, the basics of copywriting still hold, we have people who are skimming, we need to make sure that we're not overwhelming them with text, we're to the point, we're clear. So that stuff can't just go by the wayside, because you know, you want to have a certain brand voice. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, but yeah, that's a really good example. I love it. Yeah. Can I just ask you one more question? So I'm just thinking like a lot of people come to me with how they want help with email marketing. And I always feel like email marketing, like it's really important not just to have like words on a page, but like show your personality, drop in some lifestyle photos, make email marketing fun for people who are going to open it because no one wants to open up a boring ass like blob of text you know what I mean how mm -hmm. do you feel like brand voice like how do you like talk about brand voice and email marketing I know we're, that's maybe not on the topic but I do feel like it it definitely relates because I think you have to show your personality in your email marketing and I constantly open up product emails because I'm always like looking at what are people doing how are people doing it I always have to give examples mm -hmm. for things and like there's a brand I don't know if you know the brand called Maddle Paddleboards. I doubt. I'm like obsessed with them. I talk about them on pretty much every freaking podcast. <laughs> I bought their paddleboard last summer. And like, whenever you have a moment, look up their website. I would love for you to tell me what kind of brand you think they are. Because I feel like they're definitely oh like, th their website yeah, is amazing. You're going to love it. It's called Maddle, M-A-D-D-L-E boards.com. But it's like the most beautiful. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with them so much. Okay. But I bought their beautiful lavender hippie paddleboard last summer and I've been obsessed with them ever since but like the emails that they send out their website everything is so fucking fun and beautiful and like aesthetically pleasing and it's like you yeah. would never associate the word vanilla or bland like with that brand and I almost feel like how do people how do more people do that in their business so they stop staying boring yeah, I mean, I just looked at the website. And I think the thing that's interesting with brand voice and branding, I mean, I know there's a lot of bleeding in between the two is like, it's a two second association. Like this does not have to be deep. This does not have to be some like college analysis. Like when people are going on your website, and they're reading your copy, 
it's that headline. It's that first couple of sections that they're deciding if they like you or not. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's the reality. We're super fast on our phones. Um, so like this, this brand immediately, I felt like I was in an in-group. So uh, there was a lot of like really like kind of squishy language. Like I felt like it felt like a family of boards. Like, um, so there's a lot of like empathy in their language, a lot of casual conversational copy too. Um, I think at some point they called me like baby, um, in one of the sections. And I'm like, that's, that's a choice, you know? So it's just kind of like stuff like that, that, um, helps them stand out in that way. But I think like moving to emails, it's really just an extension of your brand voice and the copy that's on your website. And I think what's tough is emails are usually one of those things that we outsource. So maybe you got a copywriter for your website and you love the way your website sounds, but now you're no longer working with that copywriter. You have a VA who's writing your emails for you, or you're trying to become Miss or Mr. Copywriter. And you're like, it's just not sounding the same. So that's where a brand voice guide is really helpful because what you can do is have your copywriter make the brand voice guide for you and then hand it to everyone on your team whether they're an email marketing specialist or a social media manager and be like, this is how we sound on all of our touch points. So you're creating that consistency. That's so, that's such a good point and like so important. And I totally know what you mean because literally yesterday, um, I just hired a new virtual assistant and um, I have one person on my team who does a lot of the emails for my, my business. I do some, the girl on my team does the rest, but I was like, you know what? I just hired this new virtual assistant. She's doing all my podcast editing clips and um, YouTube clips. And I was like, I want to start giving her more things, taking more things off my plate and Sydney on my team. So I was like, do you feel like you could start writing some emails for me? And she's based in the Philippines, by the way. And she was like, you know, what kind of emails? Because we hadn't talked about this before. And I was like, yeah, you know, like if I'm on a podcast or something and I want you to like take that podcast um, show notes or like whatever and, you know, repurpose it and send it in an email to my list. And I was like, you know what? Maybe for now what I can just do is I can like um, voice like I'll create a voice message to myself and then I'll transcribe it through Voxer, which takes like one second, and I'll just send it to you. And then you can just take my voice that I've literally like talked out and just put it into an email format that sounds good. Because I literally thought, okay, there's no way in fucking hell this girl is ever going to be able to sound like me. And my emails, like I, the way I talk is how my emails are. I'm like, OMG, 25 emojis. Like I write emails the way that I talk because that's how I am. It's like, that's my personality. But if, if I had just given her like, oh, send an email for me, it would have been like, who on earth is this email from, you know? So I feel like this was a long-winded story here. But the point is, is that your audience can tell quite quickly if like someone else is doing your emails for you or even if it's like your social media stuff. That's why so many people are afraid to outsource like Instagram because I think you can tell really quickly if like someone else is writing that for you. So I love the idea that you mentioned like having your copywriter do the brand guide, um, brand voice guide for you and then you can pass that along. And so people will know, okay, well, if I'm writing the email for this brand, like I have to really talk playful or have to be funny or like I have to be super serious. You know what I mean? Because um, I do think people pick up on that. Like it's very noticeable. So and like brand voice guides go deep. Like we'll say our brand says, send me an email, not shoot me an email, you know? So it's like little I things like that. that that we don't even think about. But if someone doesn't do it, you're like, this sounds weird. I totally know what you mean. Okay. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much, Lucy. Um, I feel like I had so much fun with you. And thank you for just like 
playing along with my little um, <laughs> I feel like I made you do the roast again, except with um, fast food brands. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get like hate <laughs> from who did I call cheap today? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Did you call someone cheap? Maybe. Oh, Old Navy. No, I think I, yeah, we did. Yeah, we'll get some hate from them, but that's okay. Yeah, they can afford it. Um, <laughs> but honestly, Old Navy is, I mean, we everyone loves Old Navy. Like, how can you not? You're like, I need a $2 flip-flop. Like, you go to Old Navy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell everyone how people can work with you. And again, I know I talked about this at the beginning of the episode. Lucy came into my membership group um, a few months ago and basically, like, blew everyone the hell away with her copywriting skills so if you are looking for someone to help you with copywriting like I can literally sit here and attest she is the real fucking deal and she's awesome but tell everyone how people can work with you and um, your services maybe talk about your membership and then um, how people can find you yeah. So when it comes to working with me, I have a few different offers. The first one is if you want me to just take a look at your site, I highly recommend booking a copy roast. Um, you can find that on my website, myrighthandwoman.com, right spelled like writing. Um, that's like if you don't want someone to write your stuff, but you want someone to look at it and just like give you their two cents. Um, and then the two ways to actually have me write for you is through a VIP day where we spend the day together and I can write your whole website in a day um, or through the membership where I am accepting new clients there, but it is going to be capped because it's a done for you copy membership where when you're in the membership, you can order off of the menu whenever you want. You're in the copy cocktail lounge is what we call it. And you can get a la carte copy, product descriptions, emails, sequences, whenever you need them within three to five days. So it's like a crazy fast turnaround time. You have a copywriter on your team. That's great if you're already like really established and you're ready to kind of hit that next level of drunk elephant status. Um, and then I'm trying to think if you are a DIYer, I have something for you too, which you'll find in the show notes. It's the brand voice template. Um, I highly recommend, honestly, everyone gets this template, whether you're new or scaling, because it's the easiest way to create your brand voice guide and then never have to think about it again. And you'll have, you can hand it to VAs, you can hand it to marketing agencies, whoever you need to hand it to, you can, because you actually leave with your entire brand voice guide created. I take you through that entire process. Um, and then if you just want to hang out, come hang out on Instagram. Um, my handle is at my right hand woman. And you can also just peek at my website again, myrighthandwoman.com, right spelled like writing. And I'm now on TikTok. So you can head to my right hand woman on TikTok too. Nice. Well, thank you so much. So nice to see you again. And um, I had so much fun with you. So thank you, Lucy. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Obsessed with this episode. Obsessed with Lucy. She's so awesome. I love her so much. <laughs> um, she, this is actually her second time on the podcast. So I love bringing back people that were on the podcast early on when we first launched this. It's now been over two years. And it's just kind of nice to build those connections with people and also have them back on the podcast and have them talking about uh, different things. So anyway, my friends, I hope you love this episode. Uh, be sure to follow her on Instagram, my right hand woman. And if you have not left a review on Apple iTunes, please give me a second of your time and leave me a review. I really appreciate it. It helps the podcast get dispersed out to more people. And it makes me smile when I read your beautiful, loving words about the podcast. It makes me cry pretty much. So keep let's keep me crying and <laughs> um, let's write a review if you have a minute. And um, as usual, thank you so much for your support, for listening, for all of your amazing messages that you send me, just letting me know that you love the podcast and that you like what we're putting out there. I love that's magic to my ears. So I love hearing it. All right, my friends, I'll see you next week. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.